0: Welcome back. I'm Zinati Goma. and you're watching Stockwatch this week. And joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is Chantal Marks from FNB Wealth and Investments. Do send your questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch, stockwatch at or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, Chantal. Continued weakness in the markets. Um, at this point, it's like we're settled into that red territory. Uh, just talk to us about that and, and also just uh, its impact on the JC. Yeah,
1: so definitely negative sentiment globally, um, culminating into risk off behavior. Um, what happens in a, a time or a period of risk off behavior is that uh, investors sell risky stocks or risky investments, which include stocks. Um, To a lesser extent, there would also be a sell-off in bond markets. And then we would see emerging market currencies coming under pressure and emerging market um, assets coming under more pressure than developed market assets because of the perceived higher risk. Mm. So what has triggered that? Um, I think the first trigger was the Fitch downgrade of, of US debt. That wasn't in itself, I think, such a big deal because S&P did the exact same thing uh, 12 years ago. Uh, but I think that the market was looking for something to be skittish about after the first seven months actually went pretty well. Um, and that was the trigger. And now we have a situation where some real concerns um, around, firstly, China's economic growth outlook. Um, and. Secondly, the U.S.'s too strong economic growth outlook and what it means for interest rates is really dominating –
0: conversations at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the behavior right now uh, uh, reminding me of something that our mothers would do, uh, that when you cry for something small uh, and then she says, well, I'll give you something to cry about. So <laughs> that's really what I'm getting at this point because it really seems that markets are just crying for every little thing and really just shrugging off the good news. And just obviously as we're talking about its impact on the JSC, just give us some insights on the some of the, the, the performances, the the worst performers, the best performers this week as well.
1: So I had a look at the JSC All Share Index, so it won't include every single stock listed on the JSC, but the the best performers actually were quite interesting to me. Um, a 7.5% increase in cash flow, as we're speaking right now, wow. for the week. Um, Raubex up 6.6%. Um, transaction capital actually getting a bit of a bid, um, up just under 6% for the week. And then African Rainbow Capital and Shaftesbury um, rounding out the top five. Um, and what I find quite interesting about cash fold in particular is when they last – Um, released an update, Um, it seemed to us as if the kind of negative volume story is close to approaching a bit of a bottom. Ah. Um, we've had these retailers, these kind of uh, construction and home improvement retailers under a lot of pressure from a demand perspective over the last year or so. Um, and we were waiting for this bottom to, to come. Okay. Um, cash pulled of course, in the same WhatsApp group as Italtal, which is a stock that we really like from a longer term perspective. Um, and it seems as if the rest of the market is picking up on the same trend. Um, It could be the bottom for these guys. And once we start seeing volumes move the other way, it will be quite valuable for them from a revenue and, by extension, profitability perspective.
0: Uh, Really, really interesting. Anything uh, to note on the worst performance? Because I would imagine that in such a risk-off environment, especially where the rand is at, it's over 19 rand against the US dollar, Mm. you would expect uh, retailers, banks, largely SA Inc. stocks to kind of feel the pressure. Um, have you seen the same trend or just a different one? So in the bottom five, I only
1: have one bank. Um, oh. That is Bank that has underperformed this week or under the in, the in the top five worst performers this week so far. Yeah. Um, we have seen a little bit of pressure coming through on the banks um, following Standard Bank's release a, a couple of days ago. Um, I think banks have been performing very well and they've been navigating this environment very well. Um, but I think that the question is now, Are they prepared for what's to come? Mm. Is this current credit cycle going to be a very hurtful downturn or will they be able to kind of trade through it quite comfortably? Um, What Standard Bank's results kind of highlighted was that not everyone is doing the same thing because we have credit loss ratios um, increasing quite substantially at NetBank and APSA. But Standard Bank still has a credit loss ratio within their target range, whereas the other two have a credit loss ratio above their target range or through the cycle range. Mm -hmm. So the question now is who's over-provisioning and who's under-provisioning? And I think that a lot of investors have just decided it's safer to take some money off the table. Um, Mm -hmm. What really did stand out in the worst performers was the platinum shares. They continue to be absolutely
0: decimated. Just when you think we've reached the bottom or close to a bottom, they just surprise. So it's, it's really quite interesting. Yeah, momentum is a very
1: powerful um, force in markets, and yeah. it's a particularly powerful force on the JSE. And momentum, uh, in terms of the platinum stocks, is extremely negative at the moment. I mean, I look at these every single day, waiting, yeah. waiting for that entry point. Yeah. But I would wait for that that kind of tip up, maybe missing out at the at the very bottom um, before I get
0: involved. If you're a holder, though. You may may as well hold because they are cheap as chips. Exactly, and the cycle is bound to turn at some point. But quite interesting also that you say that you wouldn't really be going in right now because I think a lot of investors have kind of trying to uh, have been trying to figure out if they are uh, there's enough pressure um, to provide a nice entry point there. And talking about entry points, I was actually looking at Richmond. Um because yes. I would expect with the RAND being so weak for Richmond to actually uh be doing quite well. But it actually hasn't. It's been on a downward trend uh for for yeah, recently. What's happening there? Is it so all China? It's, it's
1: all about China. There's so much concern around uh, the strength of the Chinese consumer right now. So we know that the, the Chinese economy has not recovered as quickly as we thought it was going to recover um, in January um, and in turn that kind of pushed out expectations for, for a very meaningful recovery in sales growth from China for these luxury goods retailers. Um, but there's some there seems to be some real pressure on consumers in China at the moment and there seems to be a lack of confidence and if you're lacking confidence you're not spending a lot of money, you're not purchasing Big ticket items. So I think the, um, the, 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 the reasoning behind selling Richemont at the moment is exactly that. Your big sales mm. thrust is supposed to come from there. And if consumers aren't buying big ticket items, will they be buying luxury jewelry? Um, but I, I think that this is actually a bit of an opportunity. Um, Richemont is an exceptionally high quality stock. They're very, very defensive. They play in the ultra rich segment that tend to be less impacted by real economic downturns and and weakness in real economic activity and it's aspirational so um apart from that i mean the balance sheet is also very very strong so i
0: mean this is definitely i think an opportunity more than anything else yeah i mean is this sentiment also uh what was reflected uh in terms of market reaction towards tencent because they came out with their results earlier on this week and uh As much as their profits uh, rose at their fastest pace since late 2021, they still missed analyst expectations. So is it also a story of if the macroeconomic environment isn't uh, pushing ahead and revving up, then investors expect um, less in terms of what companies churn out?
1: yeah absolutely i think for 10 cent it's it's slightly different because they're more exposed to the mass market as well so i think that they are a little bit more exposed to macroeconomic conditions than mm. the likes of a richmond they also have quite a sizable uh, advertising revenue stream um and when when conditions bite, business conditions bite um a lot of guys will cut on advertising first so there is that exposure there um, I wouldn't be as negative on China. I think that obviously mm-hmm. near term, there are some concerns. But my thinking is that this is a, a near term issue, um, but that at some point you will see that consumer coming back and starting to support that economy again. Um, and then I think that this recovery will really start um, uh, gaining traction. Mm. So for me, it's more of a recovery delay than a recovery missed, but I guess that that's the risk that you're taking right now, getting involved with shares with a large exposure to the Chinese consumer.
0: All right. Well, talking about recoveries, um, uh, one recovery that markets are uh, keenly looking at is from NAMPAC. And um, quite interesting moves there with the share price now being at 271 from about 60 cents. Please explain. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the first thing that you need to understand is that Nampac underwent a share consolidation, uh, mm. a two hundred and fifty for one share consolidation, which means that for every two hundred and fifty shares you owned, you now own one. Mm. So the share price also went in went up two hundred and fifty times when that yeah. consolidation took place. So if you look at the the share price currently at about two hundred and seventy one rand. Yeah. Um that is up from about 200 grand at the uh, uh, well 200 grand a few days ago yeah which is good it's really really good but it's not up from 60 cents.
0: Yes. Um, Right. So we
1: have seen a really nice share price appreciation. And the reason why we've seen the share price appreciation over the last week or so um, has been on Monday, they put out a a statement saying that they have successfully refinanced their debts. They've simplified their debt structure. Um, and they're going to simplify the operating structure. And they now have a permanent CEO in Phil Roo. He's going to stay on and oversee the turnaround of that business. Mm. Um, he already has shown success in other business turnarounds. So I think that there's also a lot of confidence that he'll be able to to steer the ship to safety. Um, What we do need to keep in mind, though, is that there's still a rights offer coming. So the share price is going to do all kinds of crazy things around the rights offer as well. And it's just important to keep a cool head um, and not sell your shares because you think right now you've made a... 2,000% Two thousand percent profit yeah <laughs> <laughs> or or dump your shares when the rights offer happens because there'll be more shares in issue, and then um, you, you will see pressure on that share price, but not necessarily reflected pressure on the underlying business different mm-hmm. to what we're already uh, to what we 've already experienced
0: and for anyone who 's not a holder um, and you're maybe interested in the stock, what do you do at this point, or do do you wait for? kind of things to start to come together
1: so i think things are already starting to to come together i mean um i like that's flagged for me a, Mm. a few weeks ago um and i think there's already been a really nice tick up but i don't think it's too late to to get involved you just need to have the appetite to participate in the rights offer if you don't have the appetite to participate in the rights offer it's it could be, there could be an opportunity after the rights offer because mm. all kinds of weird stuff happens to share prices around the rights offer, or they may... Even be an opportunity to buy some no paid letters, um, but you'll have to carefully assess whether or not um, you are overpaying for those no paid letters to participate in the rights offer and gain your exposure that way. Um, but I mean, on a on a PE, I had a look at the PE of of Lampak, uh, a few minutes before we we came online. Yeah, um, it's still on like a one. Or a 2PE at the moment. So looking exceptionally cheap. Yeah. Um, if you adjust that to just a four and a half times PE, you're reaching 400 bucks. Wow. So it doesn't look expensive, but you have to believe in that turnaround story and you have to keep your wits about you around the rights of them.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if there's a one man that can turn that company, company around, a lot of analysts thinking that it will be Rue, the knife. Um, Goldfields uh, is quite an interesting one as well. Um, it came out with results sometime this week. And I was actually surprised by the market reaction, considering that they had flagged everything that they confirmed in the results in their trading statement a few weeks ago. But that share price took about a 12% knock yesterday. Um, Is kind of the, the, the party over, at least for the short term, for Goldfields? Well,
1: for gold miners, the party never lasts very long, um, but then eventually the party comes back. They yeah. never go completely out of style. But I think what happened with Goldfields was, it was a very well-guided for result, but mm. the dividend disappointed. Okay. And now the question is, what are they planning to do with that capital if they're not returning it to shareholders? You had the failed mm. Yamana deal. You now have changes at the helm of Goldfields. They just had their CFO re- um, re- resign as well. So I think it's more a question of what's next for goldfields. They have a really good production growth profile, probably the best out of the, the gold miners at the moment. Um, but there's execution risk there, and you need to make sure that the guys who are actually um, heading up the business will manage it prudently. Um, and I think that at the moment, there's just a lot of question marks
0: about what next and what are they doing with that extra cash? Mm, exactly. Um, transaction capital, um, you mentioned that it was uh, also in like the top five of the best um, stocks in terms of moves on the J C this week. I'm keen to find out from you what, if anything has changed um, or, you know, especially considering the fact that we had that taxi strike in Cape Town. And of course, now meaning that there's going to be more pressure on um, the taxi financing business. How are you feeling about Transaction Capital?
1: So, if we could actually just forget about the taxi financing business in yeah. its entirety, transaction yeah. capital should be trading at like a twenty rand. <laughs> it's it's very okay. very cheap at the moment, um, but the 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 taxi financing business has really put a dampener on transaction capital. I mean, there's been some capacity destruction through COVID-19 rising interest rates really aren't helping with affordability as well as repayments and they they had that that horrible trading uh, profit warning out that um, said that they're basically going to reset that business and make that business a lot smaller Mm. the problem is just that that business still has a lot of debt in it and I think that the concern is now what will be the knock-on impact, even though management says it won't have knock-on impact, but what would be the knock-on impact if SA Taxi isn't able to um, finance its debt? Um, And I think that that's why it's got a negative valuation at the moment in the market. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that people or investors don't trust management at the moment. So my thinking is you'll only see a reasonable increase in the share price or a big re-rating back to closer to fair value levels, which would probably be between 12 and 17 Rand, including SA Taxi. Once you start seeing the print results that actually show in black and white, that the taxi story is behind them. They've reset that business and that you're seeing decent growth coming through from We Buy Cars and Newton. Um, Until then, it's going to be a mugs game. There's going to be heavy selling and heavy buying, but without that certainty of actually seeing in black and white what the path is forward or how they're trading through this period, um, it's going to be a volatile story Mm -hmm. until then.
0: Uh, All right. Well, let's get to your stock pick for today, Chantal. What will it be?
1: I have a bit of a weird stock pick, but I know I've, I've, I always have a bit of weird stock <laughs> picks. But I looked at Lipstar today and the share price came under a massive amount of pressure um, after a trading warning, um, really guiding for um, weakness in their revenue, weakness in volumes, weakness in profitability because of very company-specific issues. Mm. But some of the other food producers have actually sold off in sympathy, including Rhodes Food Group, which is a company that we really like. So, my pick today is Rhodes Food Group because it's being sold off in sympathy. But what happened at Lipstar has absolutely nothing to do with Rhodes Food Group. And Rhodes will probably benefit from a weaker rand, and they're exposed more to kind of the staples side of the grocery basket so um yeah i think that they're doing really great things their last results were really strong and Mm. i think the the entry point now on the back of this little blip from lipstar and
0: really offers opportunity all right well thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today chantelle appreciate Mm -hmm. it that was chantelle marks from fnb wealth and investments And that's where I leave things with you this afternoon. The business lunch team is back on Monday. Same time, same place. Darling brings you the close at 6 p.m. tonight. But until then, stay tuned for lots more coming up right here on Business Day TV.